I invite you to turn in your copy of God's Word to Psalm 136. For those of you who may be using the Pew Bible, you'll find that on page 520. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods, for his steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him alone does great who, to him who alone does great wonders, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who by understanding made the heavens, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who spread out the earth above the waters, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who, to him who made the great lights, for his steadfast love endures forever. The sun to rule over the day, for his steadfast love endures forever. The moon and the stars to rule over the night, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who struck down the firstborn of Egypt, for his steadfast love endures forever. And brought Israel out from among them, for his steadfast love endures forever. With a strong hand and an outstretched arm, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who divided the Red Sea in two, for his steadfast love endures forever. And made Israel to pass through the midst of it, for his steadfast love endures forever. But overthrew Pharaoh and his host in the Red Sea, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who led his people through the wilderness, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who struck down great kings, for his steadfast love endures forever. And killed mighty kings, for his steadfast love endures forever. Sihon, king of the Amorites, for his steadfast love endures forever. And Og, king of Bashan, for his steadfast love endures forever. And gave their land as a heritage for his steadfast love endures forever, a heritage to Israel, his servant, for his steadfast love endures forever. It is he who remembered us in our low estate, for his steadfast love endures forever, and rescued us from our foes, for his steadfast love endures forever. He who gives food to all flesh, for his steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of heaven, for his steadfast love endures forever. That was my mistake, not the sound folks' mistake. I am well aware of the time, but I was also well aware that Faye would be bringing us a report this morning, and so in your bulletin, you have an outline for this morning's message, and uh, I've given you a lot of it already, 
But here's the really good news. You just sang the message. You actually sang it multiple times. I don't know if you realize that or not, but the psalm that we're going to be looking at this morning is Psalm 107, and although Cindy read 136 at my request, if you look at Psalm 136, um, there's, there are 26 verses. How does each verse end? The steadfast love of the Lord endures forever. You now have memorized the second half of 26 verses in the Psalms. Congratulations. Good job. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your steadfast love. We came to you with empty hands. Nothing to your throne can we bring. Um, we come with sins and trespasses and iniquities and uh, disregard for you, even worse, hatred for you. And yet, because you are a merciful God, a gracious God, you are the everlasting God of love, you are a God of steadfast love, your mercy reached down. And so, Father, we want to acknowledge that and ask, Father, that you would help us during the next several moments to reflect on your steadfast love. And I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. I would like to uh, remind you that uh, today we're going to focus. We're going to focus on considering the vast gulf that separates us from a holy God and then consider his steadfast, delivering love. Therefore, we must thank him and tell others how great he is. Now, last week, Jeremy encouraged us each day to begin by declaring God's steadfast love. Now, I don't know if he was planning that as a lead-in or not to this morning, but it, it's appropriate that we should be thinking every morning when we get up about God's steadfast love, and it's appropriate for us to think about that love this morning. This is the beginning of book five, so if you're at Psalm 107, you'll see that in your, your copy of the text, it says uh, book five, and I'm going to read this text now. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from trouble, and gathered in from the lands, from the east and from the west and from the north and from the south. Some wandered the desert in desert wastes, finding no way to a city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted within them. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He led them in a straight way till they reached a city to dwell in. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of men. For he satisfies the longing soul, and the hungry soul he fills with good things, some sad in darkness." And in the shadow of death, prisoners in affliction and in irons, for they had rebelled against the words of the Lord and spurned the counsel of the Most High. So he bowed their hearts down with hard labor. They fell down with none to help. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and burst their bonds apart. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works, to the children of men. For he shatters the doors of bronze and he cuts into the bars of iron. Some were fools through their sinful ways and because of their iniquities suffered affliction. They loathed any kind of food. 
and they drew near to the gates of death. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He sent out his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of men. Let them offer sacrifices of thanksgiving and tell of his deeds in songs of joy. Some went down to the sea in ships doing business on the great waters. They saw the deeds of the Lord, his wondrous works in the deep, for he commanded and raised up the stormy wind, which lifted up the waves of the sea. They mounted up to heaven. They went down to the depths. Their courage melted away in the, their evil plight. They reeled and staggered like drunken men. They were at their wit's end. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He made the storm be still. And the waves of the sea were hushed. Then they were glad that the waters were quiet, and he brought them to their desired haven. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works in the, to the children of men. Let them, ex, let them extol him in the congregation of the people and praise him in the assembly of the elders. He turns rivers into deserts, springs into, of water into thirsty ground, a fruitful land into a salty waste because the e of the evil of its inhabitants. He turns a desert into pools of water, a parched land into springs of water, and there he lets the hungry dwell, and they establish a city to live in. They sow fields and plant vineyards and get a fruitful yield. By his blessing they multiply greatly, and he does not let their livestock diminish. When they are diminished and brought low through oppression, evil, and sorrow, he pours contempt on princes and makes them wander in trackless wastes. But he raises up the needy out of affliction and makes their families like flocks. The upright see it and are glad, and all wickedness shuts its mouth. Whoever is wise, let him attend to these things, let them consider the steadfast love of the Lord. That is God's word. What does steadfast imply? Steadfast is something that is fixed. It is firmly loyal. It is constant. It is unchanging. It's unmovable. In fact, you sang about those things this morning. That steadfast, sure love of the Lord. I was a sailor. So often when I'm preaching, I think in sailor terms. Um, and as a sailor, um, I've been in little bitty boats with little bitty anchors. And if you don't get your anchor stuck into something that's solid, your boat doesn't stay where you want it to stay. I know, I've been in little bitty boats with little bitty anchors that blow around even though I have an anchor. But... The anchor that we have in Christ is steadfast. He is a solid anchor, and he is the rock. And when you put your anchor in the rock, I can tell you, it doesn't move. I was on board the USS Bagley during the early 70s, and we had an anchor and a big chain. And when we put that baby down into the water, we stayed where that anchor was. That's because the anchor was steadfast. It was firm. It was unmovable. It was unchanging. 
That's what steadfast means. Now, we might look at Psalm 136 and Psalm 107 and say, well, yeah, he talks a lot about the steadfast love of the Lord in those passages, but he actually, the, the, the various Psalms talk about the steadfast love of the Lord over and over again. That's a repeated theme. Over 110 times I found it. And as I reflected on my favorite Psalms, even there I see a gospel message in all of my favorite Psalms. I'm not going to take the time to tell you what they are, if you're interested, come to small group, and I'll share it with small group tonight. We meet at 5 o'clock. Um, if you're interested, see me after the service. I'll tell you where we meet. In the book of Genesis, God shows his steadfast love to Joseph. And when does he show his steadfast love to Joseph? When Joseph is in prison. He has been unjustly accused by Potiphar's wife, and he is now in prison and here's what it says in Genesis uh, 39, 21. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him steadfast love and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. So even when you're in prison, God is there. If you are in Christ, God is with you, and he is showing you steadfast love. It might not look like it. It may not feel like it at the moment, but that doesn't mean God has stopped his steadfast love. We think of the, the Ten Commandments and the book of Exodus as a list of don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. By the way, do this, do this, don't, 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 don't. But we miss something really important in the Ten Commandments if we read it that way. And so I'm going to turn to Exodus chapter 20, and I just want to read the first six verses. Don't miss what's, what it says in verse 6. And God spoke all these words saying, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. By the way, he's saying, I love you. I brought you out. care about you. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is on the, in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers, on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. God says, even in the Ten Commandments, my Ten Commandments, God says, this is a way for me to express my love to you. Do these things, and it will be terrible for you. Disobey my commands, but obey me, and I will evidence my steadfast love uh, to you. Now, obviously, we have not. And so he continued to show his steadfast love through the person of his son. That, and that's what we've been singing about, that wondrous love of God. It doesn't end there. In Proverbs, it says that God is wise. In fact, that's kind of the theme of Proverbs is to get the idea that God is wise and he wants to share his wisdom with us so that we can make good choices, have right thinking in this life. And in Proverbs 3, 3, it says, let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck and write them on the tablet of your heart. And so God is saying, this is the way I am. This is the way you should be as well. This should be central to the core of your being. Now Jonah, he, he understood the steadfast love of the Lord. 
And I'm not going to read the passage to you, but in Jonah chapter 4, verses 1 through 3, it's very clear that Jonah is angry. In fact, it says he was displeased because God turned from destroying Jonah's enemies. Jonah did what God said he should do, finally, you know, but kicking and screaming, out on the sea, by the way. I love this. You know, there's always water involved. And, and Jonah's complaint is, ah, I knew you would do this because ah, you're a gracious God and merciful and slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and relenting from disaster. He's complaining to God about the very thing that Jonah enjoys. God's steadfast love to the enemies. Uh, that's a, actually a lesson for us, is it not? The steadfast love of the Lord is something that we should be distributing even to our enemies. And then in Lamentations 321 and 21 through 23, there's actually a song that's been written from this passage in Lamentations. It says, but this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. You want to know where your hope is? Here it is. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning, new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, O God. Great is your faithfulness. Uh, we could end right there. But let me tell you just a couple more things about this psalm before we conclude. Who can receive the steadfast love of the Lord? Well, it's very clear in here that everybody, there's four groups, four groups of people, and each one of them has the same problem, essentially. There's the people from the north and the south and the east and the west, and these people that are reading this at this time understand they're in exile. They're spread to the north and to the south and to the east and to the west. Some of them are on ships because, you know, they didn't really want to be on ships. Israelites were not sailors. So they were captured, and now they're doing duty on board some enemy's ship. That's a problem for them. And God looks out to the north and the east and the west, and he gathers them, the people he's redeemed. This is God doing the work. And, and so he's saying, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. So it's everyone and each one. It's regardless of their current struggles. It doesn't matter if you're in group one, two, three, or four. It doesn't matter. Whatever your situation. Any location. They're in exile because of their sin, but God has steadfast love for them. Their, their sinful patterns are, are definitely evil, verse 17. They're fools in their disregard for God, verse 17. Everywhere on land or sea, they're struggling. It doesn't matter where they are on the face of the earth. So what caused this distress? Well, he tells us. And in fact, this morning in Adult Discipleship Hour, we read Isaiah 53 um, and saw the reasons for the distress. They're all paralleled to what's happening in this psalm. They were wandering. Isaiah 53, 6, For we, like sheep, have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. They're rebellious. 
It's the trans transgressions, the iniquities, their foolish choices. We went our own way. Our griefs, they're the sorrows. Those are mentioned in this psalm. Self-confidence, they despise God, they reject God. That's what the sailors do. <coughs> I'm not sick. <coughs> so, when we celebrate, in just a, a few minutes here, this table, we're celebrating the steadfast love of the Lord that was made possible by the Savior that was proclaimed in Isaiah 53. The steadfast love of the Lord is unchanging. It's immovable. It's solid. It's an anchor for your soul. You don't have to be dismayed. Whether you're in prison, whether you're uh, experiencing great tragedy in your life, the stead steadfast love of the Lord is yours. He loves you. And he's shown that love in so many different ways. So how did they get their help? Well, they did a lot of good works. You know, everybody, the sailors pitched in. They did their good works. They got saved out of their distress. Absolutely not. If you read this, every one of these accounts of these four groups, it says, then they cried to the Lord in their trouble. And he did the, the delivering. Nowhere in here does it says they brought anything to the table. He, he says they cried to the Lord, their homegrown solutions would not work. Their works were insufficient. Romans 3.20 Romans 3.20 says, by the works of the law, no one is justified in his sight. My works are not good enough, nor are yours. The steadfast love of the Lord is sufficient. Galatians makes it clear that we're justified by faith alone. So what is the nature of this love? Well, there actually are two things that are revealed in this psalm. Some see complete rescue and restoration, verses 7, 9, 14, 16, 20, etc. Complete restoration. And so the, the response is real early in this passage. If, if there's any doubt, if God's the one that's delivered you, if, if that's true, then let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from trouble. This is God's work. He's the redeemer. In fact, that's Jesus. He is our redeemer. He's redeemed us from trouble. He led them by a straight way until they reached a city to dwell in. He satisfies the longing soul and the hungry soul he fills with good things. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and burst their bonds apart. He sent out his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. He stilled the storm. He hushed the waves. They did nothing except for one thing. They recognized their great need and they recognized the one who had great love, steadfast love. And they cried out to him. And he's the one that did the delivering. And in verses 33 through 38, we see the multiple blessings and provision. He raises up the needy out of affliction. 
and makes their families like flocks. But for others, you know, just like Psalm 1 says, there's the way of the righteous, which is the narrow way that Jesus talks about. And there's the way of the wicked in Psalm 1. And that's the wide way that many go down um, that leads to destruction. For some in this psalm who reject the opportunity to cry out to the Lord, their lot, their end is not good. Just like the lot and the end of the person in Psalm 1 is not good. It says God pours out contempt on princes. It doesn't even matter who you are, how high up the food chain you are. They don't have a sense of their need. Um, and a couple of Sundays ago during Adult Discipleship Hour, we saw the folly of the replacements that man and woman and children put in place of God, idols made by hands that cannot save and that don't have any steadfast love. So how must we respond to the steadfast love of God. If you're a sinner, you need help. So like the psalmist says, cry to him. You know, when, when our children were little, we could, my wife could probably do it better than I could, but we could tell from the cry who, who needed help. God knows you. He knows every sparrow that falls. He knows every hair on your head. There's nothing about you that God does not know, and he can hear you if you pray, if you cry out to him. If you're a sinner, and you are, if you haven't already cried out to him, cry out to him. He loves you. He has steadfast love for you. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all would come to repentance. And then there's a second response, thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is recorded in here in verses 8, 15, 21, and 31. Always the response is thanksgiving. When you cry and you receive this wonderful gift that you don't deserve, this steadfast love, this provision of forgiveness, then you say, oh, thank you, God. Thank you. Thank you for the sacrifice that was made on my behalf. And then there's combined worship and praise. There's always a response together. And so that's why we're gathered this morning. That's why it was such an encouragement to hear you sing these songs that actually sing Psalm 107. We preached to each other this morning, if you didn't recognize it. But finally, look at the last verse. Whoever is wise... You want to be wise? Okay, here, here it is. <coughs> Whoever is wise, let him attend to these things. Let them consider the steadfast love of the Lord. Just stop. First thing in the morning, consider the steadfast love of the Lord. On my slide, I have an image that says no response is a response. 
Now, you may not think so, but I, I can tell you what God says. God says, you don't respond. Then depart from me. You're cursed. You're under the wrath of God. That's what John chapter 3 says. You're already under the wrath of God, but God so loved. Oh, the steadfast love. The steadfast love of the Lord. He so loved the world that he what? What did he do to show his steadfast love? He sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And not just for ours, for our neighbors, for our friends, for our co-workers, for our fellow students, for everyone, for family members. There's a hymn of heaven by Phil Wickham. You know, he saved us not just in this life, but for a life to come. And I like what Phil Wickham says. How I long to breathe the air of heaven, where pain is gone and mercy fills the streets. To look upon the one who bled to save me and walk with him for all eternity. There will be a day, Philippians 2 tells us, there will be a day when all will bow before him. There will be a day when death will be no more. Standing face to face with him who died and rose again, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. I have one more sheet. But the good news is, it's my reminders for communion. So we're going to celebrate this table together this morning. Psalm 107 says that if you are in Christ, if you have accepted that gift, if you have received that steadfast love that's been offered to you, then God has delivered you from your sins, from the bondage of sin, from the guilt of sin, from the wages of sin, all of that's been covered by the blood of Christ. If we have been redeemed, then we need to be thankful. And so this table is an opportunity for us to come forward and express to one another and to God, I'm thankful. Now, if you're not a follower of Jesus, I welcome you to stay where you are. And we're not going to think less of you. This is for believers, whether you're a member of this church or not. But let me encourage you to pray and ask God to help you to see his steadfast love. And if you need to talk to somebody, talk to Pastor Jeremy, talk to me after the service, we would love to show you more from the scripture, answer your questions so that you can know about the steadfast love of the Lord. But remember, our, our, our hope of salvation looks not just back to the cross, but also forward. And so when we look at the passage that Paul wrote in the book of 1 Corinthians, it talks about remembering his body that was broken for us, but it also talks about proclaiming the Lord's death until he comes. And if you think the steadfast love that you're experiencing today from the Lord is amazing, 
You just wait when you're in his presence and you have a new body and you are able to worship him in a way you... This morning was great. It was amazing. My, my, my heart was blessed. But that day, there will be a day where all the things that are mentioned in Psalm 107, they're gone. They're all gone. And we will be with him, and we will be like him, for we will see him as he 